0: Hello again, this is the Radio Free Oz Podcast for Monday, August 25th, 2011. I can't help it. I just can't take my, my mind off of Rick Perry, or as I spoonerized him on Oz, Prick Ferry. I mean, what a hairdo, what a guy. How can you ignore the out-and-out theocratic ignoramus pink elephant in the room. It's impossible, particularly since this dude is into dominionism. This is a Christian creed, a kooky creed, that God in the Bible gave Adam and his children, dad be us, dominion over the world, over the plants and the animals, and I guess also the oil under the sand. In any case, it is our duty as dominionists to rule the world, to rule politics, to rule culture, but according to one of their great prophets, but it is dominion we are after, not just a voice. It is dominion we are after, not just equal time. World conquest. You think these guys are just blowing smoke up our ass? Then everything you know is wrong. Maybe. Just maybe. Prick Ferry didn't know that he was going to be running for president and be under the scrutiny, the microscope of every journalist and muckraker in America when he wrote his book called Fed Up, Our Fight to Save America from Washington. It's one of those right-wing books, you know. There's plenty of them out there. And he said in this book, though, that Social Security is unconstitutional and called it a crumbling monument to the failure of the New Deal. It's going back to FDR. He wrote that the program was put in place, quote, at the expense of respect for the Constitution and limited government and compared it to a bad disease that has continued to spread. He's going to have to eat those words, ham and jam, baby. But since jumping into the presidential race, the Wall Street Journal notes that Perry has tempered his Social Security views, really. In fact, a Perry spokesman recently said that he had, quote, never heard the governor suggest the program was unconstitutional, and that more importantly, Perry's book is not meant to reflect the governor's current views on how to fix the program. He wrote the book a year ago. He's already backpedaling. He's joining Mitt the Empty Suit in the backpedaling race. This guy's in for a lot of trouble. He is going to have to stand behind all the kooky ignorant things he's been saying in the past, and all the kooky ignorant things he's saying in the present. And who's making him, you know, stand up to the line? None other than John Huntsman. Now, according to Mike Tomaski, A good pundit, a guy that comes out of the uh, Daily Beast, which is a hot site. He says, the Huntsman strategy here is obvious. Position himself as the moderate and reasonable guy on the off chance Republicans decide to be moderate and reasonable. He's being the truth teller, you see, you know. He's the guy that's taking all of this crap that's coming out of the mouths of the likes of Bachman and Perry, etc. And saying, no, global warming really does have a human basis. No, we shouldn't lynch the head of the Fed. All right, we want to assume that he is aware that his odds right now are rather long. So what he's really hoping for is to be the consensus candidate in 2016. Maybe the party just has to go through this purge, this reign of terror. Ooh boy, knitting the names of the Democrats, sitting there by the guillotine. So just let it do that. And once it does and nominates an extremist who can't beat a weak incumbent during a time of 9% unemployment rates and the heads are piled high enough in the tumbrils, and enough people finally have returned to their senses, he will ride the Thermidian wave to victory after Obama leaves town. The Thermidor, for those of you who are not students of French Revolution history, is the period of reaction after the Reign of Terror. And Huntsman thinks he's going to lead us during that period? I don't know, but I'm sure glad that he's calling Perry and the rest of those know-nothing yahoos to account. So have you noticed, well, Perry rants and raves and takes us back to the time when we, we put down Galileo, and Bachman is telling us we're going to have $2 gas, and we'll get into that later. Mitt Romney's doing nothing. He just hanging back. Hey, he's busy. In a case of very odd political timing, the San Diego Union-Tribune reports that Mitt Romney has submitted plans to nearly quadruple the size of his California oceanfront home from 3,009 square feet to 11,062 square feet reminding us all how wealthy this dude is. And then you ask, how did he get his money? Manipulating funds, firing people, sending jobs overseas. They asked him, why are you doing it? He said, well, you know, it was just like a two bedroom home. And and now I've got 15 grandchildren and secret wives and everything like that. So I need the room. Of course, it's only one of three homes that he owns. So, hey, I know he feels the pain you think? Crud life—the beer that's watered down upstream, where the fish don't swim and the sun don't shine. At the end of another long, long day of working down in the dumps, time to pick yourself up and take yourself home for another one-nighter with a six-pack of crud life. Party on, partner, until the crud runs out or your liver shuts down. Crud life. Is a deniable byproduct of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. I mentioned earlier that Michelle Bachman got up in front of a crowd, took out a couple of bucks, and said, Hey, you know, when uh, Obama took over the presidency, gasoline was $1.79. Now it's what? $4, $5. Well, you elect me. You make me President Bachman. Oh, the very phrase is chilling. You make me President Bachman, and I'm going to bring gas back to $2 a gallon. Well, here's an interesting and thorough response to that by a blogger uh, named We Need Leaders, appearing on the site called The Hill. Pretty good place. Okay. He says, uh, it's all gasoline speculators. On Wall Street, from the commodities oil future market, is where it's happening. It's a proven fact that speculators are driving up the price of oil by 40 to $50 per barrel. It's true. When oil spiked like a year ago or a little bit before, they said, well, it's gone to $110 a barrel. This is me talking, by the way. You can tell by my tone of voice and my goofy accent. Well, when uh, oil went up to $110 a barrel, it's because, uh, well, we don't have enough refineries online, and the Indians and the Chinese, their demand is just making it happen. And then all of a sudden, It drops a $50 a barrel overnight because the speculators sell out. What happened? Hmm, did all of a sudden lots of refineries come online? Get those refineries going, like right right out of the movies, right? Put on the hard hat, make America happen. Or did the Chinese and the Indians finally say, Oh my goodness gracious, they don't need all this gasoline. No, the speculators left the market. Taking their money with them, which by the way, they only pay capital gains on, not regular income. So, okay, he says they, according to speculators, did it in the summer of 2008 under Bush, and the Dems tried to pass a bill in the House to limit speculation to oil and gas industry bidders, i.e., people who are actually going to take delivery not just speculating on it and selling it out, but people say, oh, I'm, I'm you know, Southwest Airlines, bring in 100 billion gallons of gasoline that I bought last year at speculative prices. The Dems tried to pass a bill to only allow the bidders to do futures, not financial traders, not market traders. Well, if they didn't let the hedge funds and banks speculate on oil prices, the price would drop by half immediately. That's what he says. It's probably true. They knew that in 2008, but the Republicans blocked the bill from getting to the floor. Why would the Republicans want to keep gas prices high? Are they just bought and paid for corporate shills? You figure it out. Then Obama talked about speculators driving up the price of oil while he was campaigning and promised to do something about it once he got into office. But it must have slipped his mind. Finally, the Dodd-Frank financial reform bill got passed. And in that bill, it gives the CFTC regulators the power to limit speculation. But are they doing their job? No. And is the president forcing them to do their jobs to stop speculation or get fired? No. Well, what the fud is going on here? The American people are hurting with high gas and oil prices, and nobody is stopping the cause of the high prices, which is Wall Street speculators. The Wall Street, we learned now, we spent over a trillion dollars bailing out. Looks like the entire Congress and the President is scared of taking on Wall Street. It's really pathetic. I'll tell you what's also pathetic. There's little doubt about the fact that the Republicans are indeed in thrall of the corporations, but the Democrats are in the pocket of Wall Street. It's true. You don't believe it? Well, I'm afraid to say, buddy, that everything you know is wrong. Everything Everything you know know is is wrong.